Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For thousands of years, human beings have wondered about entering the afterlife. Do we climb a golden staircase or walk towards a light? Is it a vast, expansive paradise or just an endless, meaningless void? Turns out it's none of those things. It's just me, waiting with my clipboard, ready to collect three questions for God. This is God Only Knows, a brand new podcast that kills its guests before they even get to say a word, only to meet them as they step out of the eternal elevator and submit their three questions to God, whoever or whatever he, she or it may be to them. Joining me straight out of the Eternal Elevator is David Morgan. Hello, David. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, before we begin, I need to get some information out okay. of you. So I've got some questions. Uh, your full name, please. Uh, David William John Morgan. That's a, that's a good name. Four first names. Can you tell we were Catholic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and your occupation? Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yes. And any notable achievements? Um... No, are there? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm going to read some. Oh, do I have some? Yeah. What's, what's notable? Currently performing on the West End, the Magic Mike. Oh, I am doing that. Yeah, that's Not that's taking your clothes right. off? No, I'm the one person that stays dressed. It's quite depressing <laughs> when I tell people I'm in Magic Mike. They go, oh, in lighting? And you're like, no, 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 I'm in the show. And then they try and pull this like face where they're trying to find a nice way to ask if I strip or not. It's very fun. <laughs> trying to find a nice way to ask if you strip or not feels yeah. like a challenge in any setting, <laughs> not just that one. Uh, uh, former host of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Now on ITV2. Yeah. Multiple television appearances, numbers of comedy festivals, nominated oh. for comedy awards. You're a very talented man. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, how are you feeling about this? Uh, what, uh, talking to God? Well, or death for a star, or talking to God. Oh, I'm not bothered about death at all. Okay. Like, really not bothered. Uh, the, the only thing I've said about death is that um, I, want, I want, when people find out about my death, for their response to be, oh, he'd have liked that. Okay. That, that's how I want to go. Like, okay. I, I need it to be a story. Okay. There is going to be a story. <laughs> uh, and what about God? You said about speaking to God. Is God a part of your life? You mentioned being Catholic. Uh, so I was brought up Catholic, um, and I tried really hard to get into it because my mum believed in it, and I think my mum's really smart and great. So I thought, well, if she believes in it, then there must be something in it. And uh, But no, I don't think I've ever fully believed because mm. I, I just don't understand why they'd have this like waiting room before you got something nice. Hmm. I was like, if you made the nice thing, why can't we just go there first off? Why are we all waiting for death to get the good thing? Why can't you just have it here? Ooh, baby, you know that's worth. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. 
Okay, so first things first. Uh, it's not the most comfortable thing, but you did say you wanted your death to be a story. Yes, so we 100%. need to find out how we got you here. So are you ready for the spinning oh wheel God, of I'm death? I'm so excited about this. Here we go. Oh my God, it is impressive. Uh, right? Yes, Thank you need you. to release a video of this. Thank you. It is impressive. So, oh my God, too much effort. You've got children. You have got trapped. <laughs> <laughs> you've got trapped in a folding bike inside of Greg's. Oh, <laughs> So I've listened to the whole first series and I feel like that's not that's not cool enough. Well, that's quite what? fun. That's a good Trapped one. inside a folding bike. First off, I would never be on one. So that's I assume I'm looking after it for a friend. Why not? Uh, because I don't do exercise. What about travel? Yeah, but not on a bike. I live in London. We've got like, I can get around places. It's nice. So you wouldn't have been on a, you wouldn't have been on the bike. Uh, maybe actually, but but actually that does explain why it might you might be I'm trapped tra in it. Yeah, because yeah, you in, don't know how to use it. In a Greg's, and I do like a Greg's. Do you? Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I like Greg's. Would people say he would have liked that? Uh, I think it's funny enough, though. Maybe yes, yes. We'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. I'll take that death. Thank you. It's time to get started. Mm -hmm. What is your first question for God? Uh, so I would ask uh, God, why did he make us so scared of everything? Now, first things first, you said he. Oh, yeah, just because I grew up Catholic, so it's uh, it's in your head. That's he with capital H is in the Bible. So is that is that who God is when, when you're imagining this? Uh, no, actually. I think I use he because I think if God were real, and I do think that people believe that, and that's fine and faith is important, I think he is incomprehensible to us. So there is no way I could conceive of what it would be. Hmm. So I think I've, if he's real, which I don't believe he is, but if he is, or, or they are, or it is, we, there's no way we could know. There's just no way we could know. So I don't really imagine anything. I, it never really sat well with me, religion, hmm. um, at all. Because uh, I think also growing up gay, Mm. It was quite irritating. It was told that he loved me, but also I knew he hated me because of what people were telling me. So it's just this very difficult place to be. And it's all right if you fit in entirely, but I just never did. So it's quite difficult to pass that. Mm. Mm. So um, you, you, the question is, why do you make us so scared yeah. of everything? What are we scared of? I was, everything. I was terrified of all things at all times mm -hmm. in my entire life. It's only very, very recently that I've calmed down. I'm quite risky and quite mm -hmm. a risky person and uh, I get bored very, very easily. And I've only just started to kind of embrace my chaos and understand mm -hmm. that I'm a lot more capable than I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I can put myself in situations. I don't, don't ever put myself in a situation I don't think I can get out of. Mm -hmm. like that's, that's the important thing. But... For, for years and years and years, I would never do anything. I'd become like an inert gas to make sure that I didn't do anything bad. And I think that stemmed from other people's fears. So people would be afraid of me uh, and and like me being different would scare them. And so it would then impact on me. So other people's fear would impact on my life and stop me doing stuff. I think understandable fear I get. Okay. So like, which, Okay. Yeah. Yes. So like... I'm not going to touch that electric fence because mm -hmm. it will. That's I'm scared of being electrified. Yes. that's fine. Okay, but this group of people are slightly different to me. That scares me. I'm going to be mean. Yeah, like when the fear turns, I think we listen to it too much. I think so much of our culture and decision making is based on what could go wrong, mm. rather than what could go right. And we we focus too much on pain. We focus too much on suffering as opposed to joy. Mm. And I think if we if we started to 
assumed that things could get better and they would be nicer, then maybe it would be easier and happier. I just think everyone is so quick to dismiss. And I think it's through fear. I don't think it's through cynicism. or And it's also passed off as um, realistic. Mm. I think fear is always more realistic than joy. So it's it's always more it's more uh, obvious that something bad could happen than something good could happen. And so then we just don't try. And that, that's that been holding me back for a very, very long time. And it's only now when I've started to be like, well, maybe it'll go right. And if also, if it does go wrong, the risks of it going wrong and the thing that will happen if it does go wrong, I can get out of. Mm. Like, it's it's that. It's the having more belief in your capacity. I think we underestimate ourselves on a regular basis. And that's through fear and shame and and worry. That's really interesting because um, there's two things happening there. One mm. is you're talking about that kind of capacity to do more and be more and achieve more. And the yeah. other is the kind of the, the fear of the other. Mm. And I guess those two things often meet. Yes. One of, one, of the, one of the things people fear in the other is either a, what if they're going to hurt me? Mm-hmm. Or possibly more scary, what if I like them? Yeah, definitely what if I like them. Definitely what I love them. Because, like, I mean, I've been beaten up for being gay and stuff. And it's, I always assume it's because they're scared that how I react to them will challenge how they see themselves. You sort of you sort of glossed over that quite quickly, saying I've been beaten up for being gay and stuff. Like it was oh, a kind yeah, of a, so, but homophobia, like that, given the name phobia, yeah, um, yeah. that homophobia, that that's a very real part of what you have lived and do live. The bullying is awful and it's unfair and it's mm. ridiculous, but it has happened and I've dealt with it, so I'm not. That's why it comes out matter of fact. Mm. Like I've I've moved on from mm. that. It did affect me. I did have to do lots of work, but I'm also I'm undefined by that work. That mm. the stuff that I did, other people did to me, and that's not what defines me. Mm. My ability to get through it, the struggle I've gone through, the the impressiveness maybe of what I have mm. got through, I do not value as much as everything else I've done in my life. Mm. So that's why I gloss over it. Mm. Not that it isn't important. Mm. But I just think uh, gay people especially are so much def- defined by their trauma that I'm refusing to admit to that anymore. You talked about, um, uh, when it came to God, you talked about this idea that um, you were being told that God loved you, but also you were being told that God hated you. Oh, yeah. So uh, how does that how does that affect someone? Uh, I used to pray every time I went to church to not be gay anymore, uh, all the time, like every single week. Uh, not just not to be gay, but to be unremarkable to be unviewed to not be uh seen mm. i would literally pray to be boring um i, I honestly just wanted to fit in that's all i wanted because that's all you want that's all you as a child growing up in the 90s i think it's different mm. now uh individualism is more important but like growing up in the 90s in school i mean you grew up with some time of me like fitting mm. in was the thing that you had to do mm-hmm. and i just didn't i never have i just I'm just not a person that fits in mm. Um, which now is how I make money and um, why people listen to me and why I do stuff. And I, I'm very, very happy that I have that. But, you know, when you're 11, 12, 13, you want nothing more than no one to pay attention to you. Mm. And people just did. Um, mm. So I used to pray. I used to pray that it wouldn't it wouldn't be there anymore because mm. also I didn't want... I didn't want my life to affect anyone else's. Uh, I didn't want... I, I, I don't want a thing that I can't change to affect other people's lives. Mm. I don't, I didn't like that. So your prayers mm. aren't answered. Mm. You're, you're not, you're not made unremarkable and, and you're not made not gay. Yeah. Well, I stopped, I stopped doing it. 
I came out when I was 15. I gave myself an illness first. Um, I had massive stress. Like It's actually a, um, a medical thing. Catholics, um, they either develop uh, a horrible illness before they come out mm -hmm. or just after. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of gay men, after they come out, get hives because um, your body's on fight or flight yeah. for your entire... So um, when you discover you're gay, so for me at like 10, 11, until you come out, you lie to everyone that you meet. Um, every single day, every single, every single conversation, every single interaction, you're lying every single day, and you feel the weight of that every single day, mm -hmm. and it's horrible. No one can get close to you enough because if they get too close to you, they'll find it your secret, and that secret is too big, mm -hmm. and you can't do it. So, I was hyper stressed. So when I was um, fourteen, I started to get eczema on. Uh, on my joints, so kind of on my elbows and my legs, and it got to the point where I had a scab from my uh, ankle to my ass on both legs and from my wrist to my shoulder on both arms, and mm -hmm. I had to be tied to the bed so I wouldn't scratch it off. And we tried everything, like everything, everything, and every doctor was like, um, we tried diet, and I was bandaged, and they were like, oh, it, it could be stress, and my mum's my instant response was, oh, no, no, he's so laid back, because of course I was. I taught myself to be able to be... To, to people to not notice mm. what I was going through, mm. but my body had given up on me. It was like mm. you, you're gonna have to do something, or you're gonna, you know, rip off all your skin. Mm. Um, and so when I finally came out, it went away uh, like instantly, wow. and I've never had, <laughs> never had it again. It was just stress induced. Did you know? I knew I was gay. Yeah, I knew what I was no, doing. No, oh, sorry, isn't it? Um... Oh, 100%. As I said, I was lying to my mum every time I went to the doctors and they were like, is it stress? In my head, I'm going, of course it's stress. Of course it is. So but I can't know. tell you because if I tell you I've come out and coming out is the wow. most terrifying thing I can do right now. Because also, it's not just the coming out. It was that they were right. All the kids were right. All the kids that I hated, all the kids that drove me insane, all the kids that I had to figure out coping mechanisms to stop them having an impact on my life were right. I was gay and they were correct. And that was so irritating because I hate it when other people are right. <laughs> it was so much going on. So it was like, yeah. So when I finally did come out, it was fine. Uh, but... And so the eczema clears up. Yeah, straight away. That. Yeah. And, and by that age, have you have you moved away? Are you still engaging with faith? Are you still engaging with I was, church? Uh, I was still going to church um, on Sundays, um, sleeping in a little bit so we could go to the good one with the guitars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a bit more fun. Uh, and also we get to leave after communion because my mum had to get home for work. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a shorter visit as well. I mean, I was very admin based when it yeah, came to Yeah, no, religion. I like it. I like it. But, uh, uh, no, I, I, was, I was sort of engaging when I was... Um, I was helping uh, younger kids through their first Holy Communion, mm. and I was very involved in the church. You were quite active. Yeah, I was. Like, I, I do. In there are parts of the church that I really enjoy. I really enjoy the community aspect. Yeah. I enjoy that you care about each other. I just don't enjoy the judgment and the rules. That's that's the bit yeah. that I dislike. Um, but when I came out, I left straight away. Like, I just wasn't going to do it, and uh, so did my mum. So, yeah, it, it was a big, a big moment. I think. Yeah. And it, it's sad. It is sad because I think I know so many brilliant gay people who give to society. They, they open up because marginalized people know what it feels like to be excluded and broken. Mm -hmm. And the church is meant to be helping those people and excluding people who know exactly what to look for and how to do it is a disservice to them. They should just open it up. It's fine. There are so many gay men with faith that feel that they can't give as much as they are able to and that's very sad to me i'm not one of them i don't have faith but there are th uh, those that do hmm. so 
you ask God, why did you make us so scared of yeah. everything? Is there an answer that God could give that would be satisfying? If it was honest to me, if he did say, I needed you not to leave the train tracks, then I'd be like, great, fine. All I care about is honesty. All I care about is why you're doing it. And what if God said, I didn't? Oh, that'd be annoying and I need a follow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you've got two more. <laughs> So your second question. Uh, I would ask God, uh, what do you think is funny? So you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. A very good one. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, it's fair to say you, you took a little bit of time away. You sort, uh, of, sort of, yeah. yeah. Like, um, I sort of fell into stand-up entirely. Okay. Uh, I've, yeah, because I did interactive design at uni. Like, mm. I was not a performer, really. Mm. But I've always sort of performed. Mm. Uh, but it turns out, like, I fell into it and I really, really enjoyed it. But then... I sort of fell out of love with it. I went through like a massive kind of life change to be like when it, when I hit my thirties, it really changed as a person. Um, and so, so I started doing comedy when I was uh, twenty four, mm -hmm. and so I went through kind of six years all that. And I had started to have this panic through comedy. I didn't understand why anyone was coming, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was a very strange thing. But I love humor. Hmm. I love laughing. I uh, I think comedy is the most important thing in the world. And uh, if we all just, yeah, because I think it's, so uh, laughter is, laughter doesn't happen in the, laughter isn't intellectual. Uh, laughter happens in the belly, not in the throat. Uh, you don't, if you laugh properly, it's why you can become incapacitated by laughter. Mm. Like if you laugh so hard, you can't do anything else. Mm. It, it's incapacitating to you, and that's because it is a, uh, it's a, an, um, it's a very ancient thing for evolution, where uh, you are vulnerable. Mm. So it's why it happens in groups. Why we laugh in groups. We're a tribal um, species. When we laugh in groups, it's a, an approval that we are all safe and comfortable. Mm. And I like that. I like mm. being safe and comfortable. So the. Um, the idea of me being able to manipulate that is wonderful to me. Mm. But I'd be fascinated to know what makes God laugh. Do yeah. you do religious stuff in your set? Uh, I did, yeah. I used to talk about um, uh, me making um, religion scientific. Uh, okay. So I would, um, so the two ways of praying, you know, when you put your hands to a point, yeah. or you put your hands to a, yeah. a, a those, cross, cross your fingers. We are doing it. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> cross your fingers. And I would say that I'd always do it with my hands up because yeah. that's a better antenna. And so then I would yeah, fire yeah, my yeah. prayer out the window yeah. until uh, the Eucharist, and then I'd fire it directly at the tabernacle because Jesus is literally there. <laughs> get him close while he's in the yeah. building. <laughs> like, it was like, if I get there before the, the nuns on the front row, yeah. maybe my prayer would get answered first. Yeah. And I'd set fire to my uh, hair when I was a, um, an acolyte on, on uh, Pentecostal Sunday, which was a sign. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I made a woman faint. It's great. Wow. <laughs> You've got quite big hair, was it? It was, yeah, big, it was, back big, it was big back then. It was, oh, was moose it? as well because oh, it was wow. the 90s. Ooh. So it went, went up, and I didn't know it was happening so I just walking around with the flame on top of my wow, head so much of climate change is on that one incident. <laughs> it's a wonder I've yeah. still got a hair um, has it ever offended people have you ever has your humor I don't deliberately try and offend and I have this weird superpower in that people very rarely get offended by things I say for mm. some reason in clubs and bars whenever I'm doing a stand-up set I can be horrible or offensive, or say something really mean, and for some reason, hmm. I get away with it. I have the opposite superpower. <laughs> 
I can say nothing offensive and manage really? to split a room in, well, split a room into one, all offended. But it's fascinating. <laughs> but what's weird is it's not like they're dismissing me or not listening. No, they're listening. They're, but they don't. They, there's, there must be something about me that makes them go, oh, he's thought about this and I can't argue mm. him. And I don't know. I've, I haven't worked on it. Mm. It's just a thing that weirdly happens. Mm. And I've tested it and I've tried to figure out if it's just me being deluded. I've asked my friends, but yeah, we've, yeah. It, it is what happens. So I have said some bad things. I, I like uh, people when I was on I'm a Celeb, I would get complaints and death threats for being too gay on television but that was different that wasn't about my material that no. was just about me existing yeah no one's ever had like a specific complaint as to what i have specifically said wow and that is strange for me it's also really rare like mm. that's quite rare for comics because most comics would say at some stage they did something that they probably knew was sort of on the edge but but you're a, you're you know you're even in the early days like they're mm. doing stuff that i think i know always exactly what my target is mm. or like what i'm saying mm. And I think I think the time people can get offended is if you haven't thought about it. I think yeah. um, anything that's ideologically important to someone, if you dismiss it or minimize it or diminish it, that person can tell your intent is mm. to make the thing that they love look unimportant. Mm. Whereas if you put care and attention and thoughtfulness into something, even if you're taking it down, even if mm. you're saying it's ridiculous, the fact that you've bothered to research it is enough for that person. Mm. The fact that you've considered their what they like uh, as important enough to look into it, that's enough for them as long as you've tried. So, like, I love pop culture and I love television and I love music mm. and I, 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 I don't belittle it. But if I'm going to make a joke about the band BTS, you better believe that I know everything there is to know about mm. the South Korean pop going on and everything to do with them so that mm. if a BTS fan heard me tell that joke, they wouldn't hate me. Yeah. You want to make sure you've covered all of it so yeah. that actually there's no offence in it, which is actually yeah. what the greatest satirists do. Oh, if 100%. you think about Chris Morris, if you think about mm. people who go, I've done so much hard work yeah. that actually this isn't about offending, this is about poking. Oh, 100%. See, I think it is a unintelligent mind that thinks that comedy is silly. Because of all the stuff that I just said prior to now, I think if you can laugh at something, it's because you understand it so much, so well, so vehemently, so ideologically, that somebody mocking it cannot shake that pillar for you. And if someone mocking a thing that you love can shake it, then you don't care about it hard enough. Like, I can laugh at all the stuff that I love the most because I love it the most. And as long as you're clever, I will laugh at it, but it's not going to stop my love of it. Like and I think I think God could laugh at himself. Of course, look how ridiculous we are. Like, come on, he there's no way that he's not looking down. And it's a little bit like you've been framed every now and again. And he's having a little giggle because we do stupid stuff and we are funny and we are creative and we are brilliant and we are hilarious. So of course he's got to find some of that funny. So you get ushered through to God, yeah. and he says, "Hey, David, tell me a joke." Oh God, he'd be that. No, he wouldn't. He can't. He can't be that person at the dinner party. A comedian. Well, that was a joke then. <laughs> It's like, what do you do? I work in finance. Do my taxes now. It's so annoying. It's one of the only jobs that you have to prove to people. It's really annoying. Like you meet someone who like, oh, I'm a doctor. It's like, well, fix this rash. No, it's just, just accept that I am. So if God is really good, when you tell him he's a comedian, he won't ask for a joke. Uh, if God is God, he would be able to tell me the exact right joke that would make me fall on the floor for days. And that's what I want. I want Joe. I want God when I walk in to be like, David, 
and then just deliver five minutes that just has me on the floor. Then I'd be like, sorry, mate. Sorry, I didn't believe in you, but uh, fully in there now. And then you're in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that probably is my heaven is just always being laughing. That's probably my heaven. So, David, you have one more question. Yes. Make it a good one. Uh, I would ask God, what was it that I wanted? This feels really personal. <laughs> yeah. I I get bored very easily hmm. uh, and I'm not very good at being happy for long. So whenever I, I always like try for something and then I, I'm quite capable, so I hmm. generally sort of get what I want hmm. uh, relatively. And then when I get it, I'm like, okay, fine. But now I want another thing. So like, I've always, I don't think I am ever, don't, I'm never going to be sated. I'm never going to mm. be quenched. And I'm trying, I think I've owned that a little bit. Like, mm. I, as I said earlier, like I've embraced my chaos and I've realized that I'm just not the person who likes stability. But I just wonder if there was something that happened to me and I went, ah, oh, there we go. Done. I wonder if that exists. I don't know what it is, and I've tried a lot of stuff, but, you know, maybe there's one thing. Um, one of my favorite questions, which I learned from a, a friend of mine who's a professor of psychology, yeah. is, um, so you ask that question, what's the one thing God could say that you don't want to hear? Oh, God. Uh, I think it would be exactly what I've gone through. I think if if I said, what was it I wanted? And he went wanting. Mm. That would have been it. <laughs> because I'd be like, you're right. Because I do like doing lots of things, being mm. ridiculous. I like, mm. people say to me, oh, David, how do you get into these situations? And it's always because I looked for it. Like, mm. I always know exactly what I'm doing. I'm always mm. looking for stuff. And that, that would be it. That would be, I, that, that was it. Yeah, you got what you wanted. Mm. Wanting was what you wanted. Oh, that would be horrifying. Really? Like, sort of, because like there needs to be a goal. 
I don't know. Oh, does maybe, there? Maybe I want to stop, but I know that I can't. <laughs> this is like, that's, God, this is becoming quite deep. I thought it would be the funny one. But yeah, um, yeah, true. I just, uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe if, if he said what you want is wanting, then that would kill me <laughs> again. You said there has to be an end goal. Yeah, it does. I think there does. What's because this is it? This is. I mean, it took me. It was so hard not to say I will trade in all three of my questions to just say why. Mm. Just my only question to God is why? Like why? Why? Like what is this? Mm. Like we're sat right now talking, having a a, a a theological conversation about a conversation to God, a thought experiment in a um, in a recording studio in Soho with fake grass on the wall. Uh, uh, we met each other through like all of it, all of the connections and the stuff. Like, why? Mm. And why? Why did I come? Why do I do this? Why do I need people's attentions? Why am I thinking about maybe I got some tweets after this? Like, all of the stuff. Like, it's so random mm. but beautiful and mm. magnificent, and I love it, and I hate it, and I care about it, and I want other people to care about it too. And but why? And so that's what that's what I mean. It's like if I met God and He said the, the end goal thing. I just Maybe that would calm me down. <laughs> Just shut my brain up for a bit. Maybe I want that, but also I know that I don't because I like mm. doing it. Oh, mm. um, once we know something, we can't forget it, mm. and you can't trick yourself into not knowing it. So it's it's that when you have the knowledge, you can't think. Mm. So now that I've told myself that maybe the want is wanting, that I'm going to have to go and have an existential crisis somewhere. <laughs> but, but the it might the journey might be might be enough right there's um my there's a um, matsuo basho who's a poet mm. an ancient poet wrote every day is a journey and the journey itself home yes a hundred percent i i yeah I, I very much agree with that I, I, and i also I, i'm well aware like the breakdown of my last relationship is because he wanted to settle and i knew that i couldn't mm. um yeah, not one. To, I, I'm aware that I'm going to just be one of those people which doesn't stop. Mm. Uh, and if I do stop, then I'll I'll go into standby and I'll expire. So mm. the journey is the destination, maybe. But still, would like to know if maybe there is just you know the holy grail, mm. and that'll be or be enough. So you say to God, "What was it that I wanted?" Yeah. Or you get to God and you go, <laughs> "Why?" <laughs> yeah. What if he just says, because? <laughs> then, no. <laughs> Not enough. You need an answer. You can't do this. And maybe God's on a podcast right now with the other gods. Like, uh, <laughs> talking to Super God. Talking to Super God. What were the questions for Super God who, uh, who made them? So, so this next stage of life, you, yeah. you, you, you talked about your 30s, you talked about your breakup, which I know yeah. has had a huge impact on your life. Yeah. This next stage of life, is that more wanting or, or not? Uh... So it's the same amount of wanting. Hmm. It's just I know that I want now. Hmm. That's different. I'm all, I, know, I know what I want. and I, Well, I know, that I know that I want, not what I want. Hmm. Uh, and I also know that I, can, I feel more capable and able to get it. Whereas earlier in my life, I had the same want and need, but I didn't know I did. And also I didn't believe that I could. Whereas now, I'm in a much better place. It's almost time to return you to the land of living. But before I do, I want to know, is there anything you think God would want to ask you? Oh, uh, um, 
I think God would ask me how I got my hair like that because that's what everyone asks me. <laughs> how do you get? Oh, don't <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have time. Practice. <laughs> uh, but listen, that's it for this episode. The good news is you managed to work out the bike. Hooray! So uh, you, some sort of twist and pull mechanism. I don't know how those bikes work. <laughs> and that uh, you were enjoying a vegan sausage roll in just a few minutes. Oh, lovely. Thanks again for being on the podcast. I'll be back next time to kill off another guest and find out what they want to know on God Only Knows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.